Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Off Day Podcast Give me a chest <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right, this you microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Mister.comer on weei.com. Podcast Jets Week. So let's uh, let's do a state of the Patriots through six games. They're they're two and four, but if you listen to a lot of the guys in the locker room or the podium that talked this week. They're not, they don't feel like they're a two and four team. Why are they a two and four team? Oh, I think they're a two and four team. I mean, I know we can play the game. You should have beat the Dolphins. You should have beat the Bucks. You should have beat the Cowboys. You didn't. And I, I really think, I do think it'll balance out a little, but the season you said last week you thought could be like a crossroads game or a springboard game. We're also getting to the point like the NFL, it, you know, I know we kind of joke about Mac Jones when he says, you know, the NFL comes down to two or three plays is the difference. It does. And for years, the Patriots made those plays because they were a good team. And then pick like, uh, I don't know, the Jaguars or the Bill, whoever, you know, for years, they didn't make those plays because they're a bad team. And then the play, the teams in the middle, well, some games they make them and some games they don't. And that's how you end up with a six, seven, eight win season instead of, and I think we're going to find out now who the Patriots are. And like, this is a good example. This is a game because the first Jets game, they just they gave it to you. They threw you the ball four times. But if you let's just say the Jets don't turn it over four times this week, and let's just say you find yourself in a one-score game late, or you know Zach Wilson makes one of those plays. Devin McCourty was talking about how you know he rolls right and then he flings it all the way across. You just don't see that. Well, if he makes one of those, do you have against a equal slash inferior team? Do you have the ability to finish that game to make the plays you need? And I think we're going to start to find that because they're going to have opportunities. The Browns are all banged up. It doesn't look like that Browns game is going to be quite the same game. You know, the Chargers are coming off a bad loss. Like there's some, I get, I mean, John Anderson is a little over the top, our midday show producer, but he wrote a column today how like they're ready for this little run in the middle of the season. I think the players think the same thing. I just don't 
necessarily agree. It, I don't think internally they see it, but like you're right from the results we've the things we've seen in the field, they're two and fourteen. Like that's it is what it is. Like they're not. They're, you can't say like every game was like the the week one game against Miami where you know they fumbled in the last possession and they had that game one. No, like you're saying, well, if we made this play and that play, we would have won. No, you, you can't do that. Like, you right. And also some of the games that are close, if you were a good team, wouldn't be close. So right. you, you put yourself in position. You did not need to come back from whatever it was, 20 to nine in the third quarter. Like that doesn't right. happen with good teams. It does not happen. So that's where I get into, okay. You know, like Kendrick Bourne was very specific. The interception he turned a three-step slant into a one-step slant, threw the timing off. Okay, it's an interception. Well, but that's not the only example of that in the game. Like, you have a right tackle who misses a block, and your quarterback gets killed. Or all year, like, everybody would fixate on the fumble that Ramondre Stevenson had in the opener. Well, how about he just misses a, bl- a blitz pickup? He gets killed. Like, there's a lot of these other little plays that along the way that I think everybody's making, everybody. You know, Devin McCourty, two weeks ago when he said he had a horrific game, that was a terrible play. Like, he didn't play it right. And I just think they've had a lot of, if you really go through a microscope, find, like, there's a lot of those little things along the way that either puts you in a really tight game or puts you behind the eight ball and you're chasing a little bit. So are they going to clean all of that up? Is all of that going to get better? Is And then you get down to the talent. Did we overrate the talent or is some of the talent not what it should be whether it's John U. Smith not living up to his reputation or is Dante Hightower a little bit slower even than he was in the past like those little things the fine line I give the, the the players credit they've talked about the fine line winning and losing but is the fine line not something they can get a pull away from I guess correct when you're looking at the roster Who's your most disappointing player? Oh, easy. John O. Smith. Right. I mean, I had him as the offensive MVP. I told, I went on serious radio and told the entire country to draft him and get him on your fantasy team. I have him on two fantasy teams. He what? stinks. Because there's a, <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, but I kind of bought into like the players last week. Oh, he's got a breakout game coming. And I didn't want to be that idiot who drops a guy and then he has like 26 points or something on two times. But I'm getting less and less worried about that. I'll be honest. I, All right. Besides John, besides John U. Smith. Uh, besides John U. Smith, singular person. Yep. Um, that's a good question. Singular person. Yeah, one. You got one. Who? Isaiah Wynn. That's a good one. I because that's the reason I asked singular person is because offensive line I would put in there. Um. But yeah, you can argue he has not been good. And we talked a lot about it a lot in like weeks two, three, where all oh, the right tackle and this guy's in and it, and it was like everybody was looking here and didn't turn their head to the left to look that it sucks over here too. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, I could definitely. I, I know he had COVID, but like he played, he, he came into the game to serve a purpose and he only played nine snaps. Okay, and I want to tell everybody, not that everybody's the same and people can't be different. I understand all that. Jalen Brown came off COVID quarantine, played 46 minutes in the season opener, scored 46 points, the greatest scoring output in the history of the Boston Celtics in a season opener, and was all over the court. Steals, I would say at times was even a little too energetic. We've got a little loose with the basketball. 
So I, I'm I'm kind of getting a little annoyed. Like we did it with uh with Onwenu too. Your whole theory that he sucked and got benched against the Bucks because he was having COVID and like <laughs> that, well, that was just me throwing it out there. That wasn't like actually believing. I want to go back to for years. I've always held because Bill has said this. If if I put you out there, I expect you to do the job. And I have tried to kind of observe using that that measuring stick. Like if he puts you out there, he expects you to do the job. So I have to hold you to that standard if you got to do the job. And Isaiah Wynn has not. I, I don't even know that Isaiah Wynn's ever been really that good. I know people talked me into it, and like he's been solid but not first round caliber like if, right. if he was a, a mid-round pick you'd say he was he was a solid pick stars and games for us was was good but he was a first I feel, like I feel like that's the theme of that rookie class <laughs> well sony michelle is they a win like we got these guys like if they were third round picks they that means they're busts that means they're not good if you're trying to you know they're convince- they're, they're solid players but not ones you use first round picks on right um I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some of the other candidates that I would put in there. I think for me, and this is weird, because I look at the stats every week and I can pull them up over here, and I see at the top of the defensive stats the name Kyle Duggar. But I don't like maybe it's a me problem, and maybe no, I think I, that's that's he's one of the names. I wouldn't say it's like I cut him a little bit of a slack just because he's so he's still young, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying he won't. Like maybe I was ahead of myself expecting year two jump. I think a lot of us expected him to be like this Patrick Chung, like instantly fill the the role of him. And he, he has. And like, I don't even, I mean, what's the biggest plays made? And don't tell me the, the interception. Like he had a nice return, but Justin Bethel is the one who deflected it up in the air. And he just, yeah, I, I just, he was a guy that again, maybe it's along the lines of John U. Smith. Maybe I expected too much, but even, seemed like in the the summer like they he was going to be really active and he has he's been on the field a lot and he should be I feel like he should be more active more playmaking more around the ball you know good things happen kind of guy and same time you know you could make it the case for Hightower maybe our expectations were too high for him yeah and I think he's been okay um but again and he, I know his whole trash man thing, like he does the dirty work and he's not worried about stats and plays. Like what's his biggest impact play? Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't, but some of that, I also just wonder too, like, I mean, the front seven, the, 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 I shouldn't say the front seven. It's like the middle, I guess I would call it like middle six or something. Like I thought that group between the safeties, the linebackers, the Ed, like I thought that was going to be. I mean, Phillips, Duggar, Van Noy, yes. Hightower, Bentley, Collins into the mix now. Yep. And we, we thought they would do different things different weeks, like scheme up to who they're playing. And it's been, you've been, you've been like the playing defensive instead of being the aggressor. Yeah. And, and they've had opportunities. We've talked about it. They've played young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. Like there should be chances to, because remember when, um, was it Cam? I think it was Cam in training camp when he, like, somebody asked him, like, why do you hold the ball so long? He's like, I come to the line of scrimmage, and there's all these athletes. I see Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips, and, like, I haven't seen them impose that upon the opposition too often. And that's that's definitely been a little bit disappointing. And 
the Gerard Mayo, like, ah, it's only early October. It's only mid-October. I don't know how long I can wait. I mean, the boogeyman defense was basically peaking by this point and setting like NF on pace for NFL records. And now this one, I'm supposed to believe it's still coming. You kind of uh, shot that whole idea down today. He was kind of asked, like, are you still trying to figure things out? He's like, no, we know who we have. We, we know what we are. And I yeah. thought that was good. That was honest. But who are they? He's right, though. They've been together for, what is this, three months? Like, they know who they are. They know what their limits are. Like, I, And really, I mean, the like, he's a newcomer. Right. But a lot of the guys have been here and should know the system. And I, I it'll be interesting to see, because remember a few years ago when Brady said, like, the answers are in this locker room or whatever, the receiver? I, if you asked all the position groups that are underperforming or whatever, do they all truly believe the answers are in this meeting? Room? I don't think Cordy believes that the answers are in the secondary. I don't think he does either. And I, and I don't necessarily, I mean, it's got to suck. We talked about it. The whole idea that you're getting Gilmore back and everything, everybody bumps down a roll and whatever. And then you see him like on Twitter and a new number and a new team. And it's like, we're activating, no, no disrespect. We're activating miles. Bryant. You can't tell me that, that, that the locker room didn't feel it to some degree. Like look, the first half against Houston was miserable. Right. And and even just from a mental standpoint, oh, okay, we're, we're not playing great, but we get our best defensive player coming back at week seven. Like, we'll be building things. Like, we can really start to right. turn on then. Ben, you're right. You basically substituted Stephon Gilmore coming back for Miles Bryant. And maybe, you know, they worked out Brian Poole. Who is now with Houston, I believe. Right. He, he left. So, yeah, I, and I know they've – McCordy in particular has done this before. We talked about it with Collins when they traded Collins away. McCordy was very, we just uh, traded our best player away. But usually they're, they're in the midst of winning or going on a winning streak at that point. And that's where I thought Judon um, reading some of his quotes that you were there for today. Like if that doesn't happen, they're expecting a streak. They're expecting to get better. They're expecting to start winning. They're expecting to turn things around if that doesn't happen, I do think things could get kind of ugly in the middle of the season here. Well, because, like, even if they – their toughest schedules, part of the schedule is ahead of them. It's not like the Cowboys and Bucks games were the two hardest games of the year. That's not even nope. close. So, nope. it, like, it's not like you can say, oh, well, we got through the meat of our schedule. Like, now we can, you know, play some teams that are winnable games. No. Like, this week is probably the only game you can really say that about until – Jacksonville yeah your first seven games this being the seventh two Jets Dolphins Houston Saints all easy slash winnable games and you could certainly argue they haven't taken advantage of their opportunities now they're the best teams might be behind them you could convince me later that the Bucks and the Cowboys are the two best teams but the Bills are a conference title contender who knows what the, the Chargers are playing themselves into? There's still plenty of good teams. And we've talked about it, the, the front-loaded home games versus back-loaded road games. If you're a mediocre team, I mean, we see it in gambling, right? There's the three points of home field advantage. And you're going to be playing more games on the road than you are at home. Plus with, the rookie you, quarterback. plus with a rookie quarterback who everybody told me 
couldn't make it through the season and was going to wear down and no way he could play 17 weeks and all that. And I agree, not because of what they said, but because he keeps getting lit up like a freaking Christmas tree as we get closer to the holidays here. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of reasons to believe that this hope slash feeling that the Patriots are, and I don't even know if they really believe or if it's like a false confidence that what else they're going to say, ah, pack it in. It's mid October. We suck. Might as well call it a year. I'm going to go golfing. Yeah. Like it's, this is a tough week. Like how do you, you gave everything you had on Sunday against Dallas defensive players, 90s, 90 snaps. Like clearly you were gassed towards in that game. You gave absolutely everything you had. How do you come back and bounce back? Especially playing the jets. Well, I think as we get into this talking about the jets, I think the early part of the game could be big. Now, Zach Wilson could do what he did last time, throw you the ball in the second play of the game. Yeah. Right. Remember they got like a, a chunk run, like eight yeah. yards or something. All right, I want to say like midfield. Okay. So what happens this time if they get chunk run and they go, you know what? Let's run it again. Let's not risk it. Chunk run. And well, then he completes a pass, starts to feel good. Other thing, they're coming off a bye. Like you're telling me that they spent, they have these, they had two weeks to basically script an opening drive against the Patriots. Right. Yeah. So I think the early part of this game on both sides of the ball, same thing on offense. Like you can't go three and out, get stuffed, because they have a pretty good defensive front. We've heard about it all week. They've always been solid on defense, even even when they weren't very good. Like, they've always been decent on defense. And they have this whole philosophy that I think it's – it. even going back to week two, I think the Patriots very much buy into the idea that whatever the Jets are talent-wise, they do bring it. The all-gas, no-break, like, they're, they're going to be flying around. They're going to bring the energy. You hear guys talking about having to match that or meet that challenge – the early part of this game could be interesting. And I also think crowd wise, fan wise, like, you know, what happens if Zach Wilson doesn't throw a pick, maybe Mac throws a pick and Zach Wilson makes a big play. And it's happens if you fall down 10, nothing. And it's like, Oh oh boy. Yeah. So I would say that the fans are on edge. Well, speaking of the, like, you know, I thought the fans were really good. New Orleans. I thought they stayed very engaged. Tampa Even though it didn't, was great. Tampa was great. Last week, half of them sold their tickets to somebody else because yep. it was it was. Oh, we talked about it. This people coop, coop every time he caught the damn ball. Um, so yeah, the crowd is probably, and I mean they've watched four losses. You can you can spin it any way you want. They've watched four losses. They've lost six straight games at home with fans. Right. Because they lost the in 19, they lost to the Titans in the playoffs and they lost to the Bills to end the year. Dolphins end the year, sorry. Right. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they're a little antsy and maybe ready to turn on it and frustrated and whatever you want to call it. But I also think it could go the other way. It is the Jets. It is Zach Wilson. He's willing to take chances and it could snowball and you could get a positive. And maybe this is the springboard you need. This is the... Remember we said going to Houston was supposed to be a feel-good game, get-right game. You'd hope that the Jets, but again, it's division rivals. Second time you played them, you, they kind of know each other. Yeah, so – and I don't think the Jets stink. I don't think they do either. I'm not saying they're like – I would give the Patriots a better chance of having a better record at the end of the year. Oh, but, God, yeah. But but they don't – they're not like a team that are like, oh, they're a dumpster fire. No, they're rebuilding. But and you can see the pieces are in place. Including the coach. Could be swaying me. I listened to the uh, Robert Sala conference call yesterday, and I kind of 
the part that I could understand through his garbled speakerphone or whatever the hell it was, um, I kind of liked. And he is all, first of all, he's all in on the trusting his process and the whole thing. Also sounds like he is 100% all in on Zach Wilson. There was no frustration or doubt. And I know they've made plays. Like I saw some number, like he's, they're averaging like two plus 25 yard plays a game. Plus they're getting like 40 yard pass interferences. Like they're adding to their big play, which that's what Zach Wilson's supposed to be. That's the style he plays. Um, They've gotten Jamison Crowder back. So they're filling out their offense a little bit. Now, Bill tried to sell me on they run the ball, but they don't have a guy on the team that averages more than like three three yards a carry. Yeah, he's Michael Carter a little bit more of late, but he's just a he's a rookie right. getting you know okay carries. Not not anyone you want a game plan against. Although maybe the Patriots, the Patriots run defense has not been great. I mean, they were maybe, maybe the Jets look at the tape and saw how much you know the, those uh, running backs did against Patriots linebackers. Maybe they try to scheme things up there. Uh, yes, I would definitely if I were an opposing coach. And I saw the way Ezekiel Elliott and Paul and those guys went after um, Bentley in particular, but Hightower, no question. That would be a part of my offensive game plan. Also, by the way, that's the kind of thing we're talking about starts and early plays. You hit a couple of those early to let their easy throws. You let Zach Wilson settle in and then it isn't turnover, bad start pressure. And then all of a sudden he can start making some of the other throws down the field to Corey Davis and, uh, the other parts of their offense. So if this thing were to turn around, who are the three to five players that need to really elevate their play? Okay. That's a great question. I'm glad you're bringing good questions to the table this week. I did my home. You, you do show prep? I did. Okay. So I think I'm going to go with, you know, we saw what Diggs is for Dallas. He's their playmaking corner. You have a playmaking corner who's supposed to make a hundred million dollars this off season. He needs to make more plays. He needs to get his hands on the ball. He needs to be your leader. Like we've talked about Stefan Gilmore, the boogeyman defensive player of the year. It wasn't just the balls he picked off. He created plays for other people. So I'm going to say JC Jackson is one of them. Then I'm going to go to my guy. Yeah. I got to go to my guy. John Smith has to do something, something, anything. You need to make a positive contribution to the team and not just be a Daniel Graham pass blocker. Correct. He needs a catch and run. Like he's on 18 pass routes the last two games. He stinks. I don't know what you want me to tell you. He stinks. Um, but he needs a catch and run. He needs a 30 yard, like um, against Dallas, right? But near the, in the red zone, you said at the time, like he needed that touchdown to kind of get him going. Like he got, it was right. like five or six yard game. Right. Yeah. yeah. He needs one of those where he, he needs people to go, ooh, like kind of take that like pause and say, oh, that's why they signed him. That's what he can do because he just hasn't done that. So I would say Jonu Smith. Um, can I give you a sneaky one sure. that could, I think could inject life? Ramondre Stevenson. Sure could. I really liked, again, I fixate on far. I, I overreact like one play here, one play there. It's It's the beauty of me. But when he left uh, Leighton Vander Esch in his in his jock strap in a puddle on the field last week, I was like, that looked good. Like that's they need more of that. And we know, or at least I counted on James White being a key part of the offense. I think Ramondre Stevenson could be a sneaky spark guy for the offense. Yeah, I don't think he'll be like James White so dependable, but like if he breaks a screen or two a game like that, those 30 yard chunk plays you don't have right now, and that could be a total game changer that you don't have. Really, because that 
I don't want to give up on JJ Taylor, but I don't, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't. I like him, but I think he'll always be a bottom of the running back depth chart guy that like give you a little flash here or there, but don't ask him to do more than that. Right. Um, so defensively, I, I'm going to, I don't want to just say Duggar. We talked about him earlier, but I think the safeties need to start making more plays. Whatever yep. that Phillips McCordy, like more positive plays, more impactful middle of the field plays. You looked like you wanted to talk there. I was just going to say the depth, like, do they even have the guys there to make the plays? Like you finished an, you played a game last week that Devin McCourty basically admitted you didn't have enough guys to finish. Like well, Bill said it was fine. They played it exactly how they wanted to. Well, he also said a lot of things afterwards in the day afterwards, but like you just elevated miles Bryant. Like it just seems you, your second round picks been a healthy scratch in two out of the six games. Like I just, we overrated. I think that area of the roster. Gilmore is part of that. Like we we expect him to come back, but they they don't have much depth at all. Jalen Mills has exceeded expectations, and even then, the secondary can still be looked at as one of your weakest points in the roster. I wish I you ever watch ridiculousness and the guy has a little rewind thing and he can rewind yeah. the videos. Yeah. I wish I had that capability right now because I would rewind and get to the tone with which you said and you activated Miles Bryant, like the disrespectful tone you just said, Miles and. No disrespect to him. It's just it, that's what the point they are are in the year. It's like you you basically went from getting Stephon Gilmore back in week seven to Miles Bryant, an undrafted rookie from a year ago. What about Sean Wade? Uh, he's still concussed. Yeah, we should uh, just mention quick. I, I like this question, by the way. Um, an- another sneaky guy. This is boring. This is like this is like a Mike Reese uh, in the weeds kind of idea. Your all pro punter has not been an all pro punter. Fact. Or, or, or I'll lump him into special teams. but the unit, Yeah, the unit as a whole. You, they've got two punts blocked. He's like... Let's, let's not... One, we actually talked about this before walking out to practice. They're not just like tip balls. They're like he had no chance of even getting them away. Like total right. plays. Oh, yeah. And when he has gotten them away, he's had too many touchbacks. He, he just hasn't had a good year. Also been out of bounds. Kickoffs out of bounds, multiple... like So him and the special teams in general have not been... Yeah, and I'd say those are things that might not show up on like a when you're ranking why they're two and four, but I think it's part of the equation, whether it's you know five percent of the total blame, it's there. Yeah, I and that's where I get back to earlier. Like we can fixate on one or two. Like I think there's a lot of examples of that, and it's what coaches always say, like, you know, you need eleven guys doing the right thing on every play, 60 plays a game. I think they have a lot of plays where two guys are not doing the right thing. And it's like 20 plus plays a game. So it's not like one guy, one play. It's lots of different guys, lots of different plays. Clean that up. And you combine that with what we just talked about making plays. Like, I don't think they make enough plays. Well, I was just part to go back to the question, like those linebackers, which we thought were going to make these plays hasn't. So what, who in the linebacker group adds rusher group, would you put in that list? Well, I mean, the obvious answers are the guys we've seen do it before, but I'm going to go in the other direction. Josh Uche. I want to see more from Josh Uche. Well, in order to see more, you need him more on the field. He's That's what I mean. Situational edge rusher. I know, but I think he can be more like 
I liked the idea in my head coming into the year of Uche and, and Judon on the field a lot and Judon creating opportunities for Uche. And then when Uche kind of hits his stride, now you put teams in a bind and you got two physical athletic like guys on either end. The one guy we don't have to worry about is I think Judon's been fine. Oh, he's been excellent. Even um, when he doesn't show up in the stat sheet with tackles and sacks, when you look at the hurries and pressures, he's still getting in the backfield and, and, you know, making an impact without getting on the stage. He definitely uh, ran out of gas last week, though. How couldn't he? I mean, he put, look up, how many snaps he play? A lot. It was like 90%, 89%, something like that. I also think it's maybe sneaky showed up. You didn't have Winovich to take away some of those third down plays. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would, he'd get his, you know, 15 snaps. Maybe Judon could have rested for those 15 snaps. Give those to Uche. Get Uche on the field oh. more. Oh, that's a bill. Not Chase Winovich. I don't give a rat's buttuckus about Chase Winovich. On IR, in case you didn't get the news earlier this week. No, I did. I did, and I won't miss him. Uh, I don't think many people will. He can go to New Hampshire for three weeks and hang out with whatever. What's his dog's name? I don't know his dog's name. He's got some big dog. I don't know. Max or. So we got into the game. Do you want to like give our how we think the game's going to go? So, yeah, let's get into the game. Um are the Jets and Patriots close? Like in general, as teams, as talents, as no, Ross. When DeMarcus Covington compared them to earlier in the week, I thought that was a bad comparison. Right. He said we're, we're a lot like the Jets. Their record doesn't isn't who they are. We're not. Rookie quarterbacks, but the Patriots have much better talent surrounding him, especially like in terms of established veterans making NFL plays. Well, I don't know. You could argue their weapons aren't bad. No, their weapons aren't bad, but I'm talking Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, like, but like, I'm saying like defensively, the secondary, they have nobody. Oh, their secondary is all first and second year players. It's right. all young guys right. Isn't that where they have the other Michael Carter. Yes. They, they have two Michael Carter. Yeah. Um, that Franklin Myers guy is played really well up front. We heard Josh rave about him. Pretty much everybody raves about him. Um, they're not without talent. They're not without effort. I do think overall the Patriots should be a more talented team. But this is also some of their talents, young and developing, and some of the people we're talking about. Like if we, if we look back at the end of the year and say, "Wow, Hightower was just about done, Vanoy was just about done, Collins was just about done, McCourty was just about done," well, then the divide in talent between these two teams is probably not as much as we think it is. I would agree with that. I, I just, but, yeah, no, I, I, I Hightower's play is playing better the last couple of weeks. Van Noy, I thought, played well against Dallas. Like, I think we've shown signs that these guys are getting back to what the levels that we thought they'd be. I think you are trending in that direction, but this week will be a key key step in that process. So do you um, think teams high scoring, low scoring? It'll all be about mistakes. Okay. If it's not, if they don't make a ton of mistakes offensively, mostly, Both the teams. young quarterbacks, yeah. I don't think it'll be overly high scoring. Because I think both teams have decent defenses that are going to fly around, make some plays. And if the quarterbacks are relative, it's funny because Sala brought up uh, Charlie Checkdown twice in his thing. Once he said he doesn't want Zach Wilson to turn into Charlie Checkdown. And then he also said something to the effect, Max looking for the plays that are down the field. And then he's checking down when they're not there. He's doing the right thing. Um if both quarterbacks play a relatively conservative, safe, productive, efficient style, I think it could be um, 
it could be lower scoring, lower the lower end of scoring. High teens or low 20s? I think the winner will be in the low 20s and the loser will be in the teens if they play that game. Now, I see that. I think both teams, rookie quarterbacks, certainly are capable of turning the ball over and changing the game and all of a sudden give somebody 10 points here or 16 points it was the first time around. And that gives them a little boost in the scoring. But, um, and special teams is always the wild card there. But no, if, if I had to like bet on something, I would bet the winner of this game's in the low 20s and the losers in the low teens, mid teens. So you want to give a score? Yeah, I'm going to go Patriots. Like, I mean, so the spread's, at, the spread's Patriots minus seven. Yeah, I would take the points. Um, I don't feel great about the Patriots blowing out the, the Jets coming out of a bye. Um, like I could I think, see it also be a game that the Patriots are in command of the entire way, but still don't cover. Oh, yeah. 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 Like this is two mediocre teams, whatever you want to call them, with rookie quarterbacks. Like you got James Lofton and Andrew Catalan calling the game again. Oh, my good friend Andrew Catalan. It's been a couple of weeks since we saw him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think the Patriots will win. They should win. They're at home. It's, I mean, if they lose to the Jets at home to start 0 5 at home, that, Things are going to – what did Judon say? Get ugly quick or something? Get ugly fast. Yeah, and he said the past has been shitty. The, the present will be shitty too if that happens. Yeah, if, you, if you lose to the Jets and fall to 0-5 at home, and also I would also assume that the Red Sox will be out of it by then, like all the focus now turns towards the Patriots. There's no Red Sox distraction. Like things right. can really get ugly. And this is a Jets team. I believe you've beaten 11 straight times. It's like that from the last game. It was like one of the longest winning streaks against one team in the league. Yeah, They've swept them. I think like five straight years, you're going for your sixth straight year sweeping them. And again, I think they really helped you control the game the first time. If they don't do that, you might be in a dog. Now, maybe, maybe the players are right. Maybe they're due. Maybe it's like, they're, they're just trying to line, you know, those bike locks that have the different numbers and you turn one, maybe they're real close to lining up all the numbers and it just hits like the slot machine, seven, seven, seven. I just, I don't really buy it quite yet. Like, am I to assume Nelson Aguilar is going to catch the ball and make big plays? We missed him. He has been on our list. Yeah, he stinks. But the difference with him is I didn't really expect him to be good. Well, the team did. They paid him whatever, $20 million for two years. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> it was dumb. Well, like, how do you want me to... It is what it is. It was dumb. I had a former co-worker that used to say they blowtorch Robert Kraft's money occasionally and just burn it. That was a blowtorching of the money. That's just the reality. Um, but, it, like, I actually think Kendrick Bourne is due for, like, a le- even though he didn't do a ton last game, he had a 75... Which, the 75-yard touchdown... Are we going to ignore the fact that it should have been picked off? It should have been picked off. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everybody acts like he won his route and then Mac dropped a perfect deep ball in the bucket. And like right. everyone's acting like born, like made a double move. It was all in the clear and it was, you know, great flight. No, like it, went, it could have been picked off very easily. And I think they effed up. I think the way Diggs played it and the safety played it. I don't know if there was a miscommunication or just, it wasn't what people are pretending it was, in my opinion. Not at there all. was some good fortune there. There was, was some good fortune. The narrative, but not like the actual, like of what happened. Yeah. Um, so it's it's what you got back to. Like 
Is Damian Harris going to run for 100 yards this week? No. Yeah, probably not. I'm, I'm going to say probably not. He'll have like eight, 70, 80 yards, but not like. You know, he'll be part of the offense. I think he's a pretty good running back and still have line. Qu- you probably should, um, if you have it in front of you, you can pull it up or I can pull it up if I need to. What do you need? We should, we should probably just go over. There's 16 guys on the injury report. Like yeah. A third of their team is on the injury report. So what are you trying to say? That they could be missing a lot of guys? Well, potentially. Yeah. Like I just. If you can read all of them and who missed practice on Wednesday. and, and So we had Devon Gacha who missed again today. So he's probably unlikely to play. Okay. Hightower, Michael Carter's rushing for a hundred. Hightower missed practice yesterday, returned today. So that's positive. He'll be limited though. Yeah, he'll be limited. John Jones didn't miss, didn't practice again today. So he's probably out. Okay. Plenty of depth at corner. I wouldn't worry about that at all. Uh, Sean Wade, cancel him out. Oh, oh, there's our depth at corner. Uh, I guess we don't have any. That's probably why they broke out. What's his name? Corey Poole. And why they had to sign from the practice squad. What did you say? Miles Bryant. <laughs> uh, Dietrich Wise uh, was DNP yesterday. He was out there. Same thing today. So we don't know yet. I, I would say there's a chance he plays considering he was on the field. Who's been sneaky. One of their better front seven contributors. And I had to listen to Covington tell me how good a a tough a matchup he is for opposing offensive lines. He's drawing holds. He's getting hands to the face. So not ideal. Go ahead. Now, now we're getting the limited. Christian Barmore, Juwan okay. Bennett, Brandon Bolden, Kyle Duggar, Nick Folk, Brandon King, Shaq Mason, Jalen Mills, Adrian Phillips, Josh Uche, Kyle Vanier. So uh, half your defense is on there. Yep. Yep. Offensively, you're relatively healthy. Yeah, the receivers are, yeah. The offensive line has still got its issues, but But defensively, defensively, there's key contributors at all three levels that are either out or limited or may not play, could be questionable. Add Winovich to that. He's on IR, so he's not playing. Against an offense that's coming off a bye week and I think is feeling better about itself. Rookie quarterback getting experience, Jamison Crowder back. He's been making plays to Corey Davis. Like you said, Michael Carter running a little bit more. I'm starting to talk myself into the Jets. Yeah. Well, we both kind of cover ourselves. Like I picked, I'm going to pick the Patriots to win, but not to cover. Yeah. I'll take Patriots 20, Jets 12. That means the Patriots cover. <laughs> oh, no. Patriots 20, Jets 15. Okay. That's One more funny. field goal they snuck in there. Yeah, I have the Patriots winning uh, 23-20. Uh, yeah, it's just... It's going to be where you walk away. It's like, yeah, kind of like Houston. Yeah, they got a win. It was good to get a win, but, like, we probably should have done more. And the Jets, I was going to say their biggest win of the year, but their win of the year, um, beating the Titans, the Titans were banged up. The Titans had injuries, and it was part of the story of that game, and they were able to well, you take a little bit. The Titans just beat the Bills. So if you want to like say they beat who they beat, maybe the Jets aren't as bad as we thought. Huh. I'm talking myself into it. I'm going to pull a Christian Fourier by game day. I'm going to change my pick completely and take the uh, Jets. You won't. You won't. No. I, yeah. Yeah. This is this is I one won't. that like like we just talked about before. If they lose this game, things will be ugly next week. Okay. So I used to I used to like doing these things on the old uh, PFW in Progress podcasts. More likely, Patriots blow the Jets out, 
like Laffer, 35 to six. Seven, yeah. Or Patriots lose. Whew. More likely the Patriots lose. And and that's um, it's good. Like I'm not holding you to this. I'm just this is a pure more likely. Yeah. And based on your score, you probably should say that. If you think they're gonna be in a three point game, then any single I don't, point I don't think the Patriots are in any position to blow any team out. I don't really either. I'm not even sure. Like barring a kick return, a punt return, and a and a you're defensive getting, score, whatever. Points. Like I don't even know if they were feeling it that they would pile it on. Like I think that would give them more reason to be conservative with Mac and like Good not point. take chances. Like, oh, like we're, we're up by two touchdowns in the third quarter. Let's, you know, let's run the ball here and take out some clock. Right. Whereas Brady's Patriots or veteran QB Patriots, I think they, they go for the kill shot. Okay. We're going to, we're going to embarrass these guys. We hate the jets. It's a rival, whatever. I think, yeah, two scores. Yeah. Rain it in a little bit. Let's not take any chances. Let's not risk. Let's have a seven minute drive here. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think there's a better chance that they lose to the Jets than than blow the Jets out. Any other lingering thoughts on the state of the team? Things to no. No. I mean, I do think it's it's a it's a weird. I mean, it's a Jets week, but like, there's been no buzz with the Patriots the last couple of weeks. I know the Red Sox are kind of stealing the show, but like, I still think the Patriots are the top team in town. Well, because I do think people are um uncertain or or i don't know like i don't know whether to go all in yeah a little bit and it's funny because you say there's no buzz but then did you see like the chart the nfl put out of the ratings and it's like highest rated game patriots bucks and cowboys patriots like patriots were one of the the country wants to watch but around here locally it's like do we want to invest yet yeah, I, I do think there's a hesitancy. You're right. There's a distraction with the Red Sox going on a nice run here. And and they did capture the emotion or the attention or whatever, the energy of the, the sports fan. And that's where you, you are really right. If the Red Sox flame out in Houston, looks like they could, and the Patriots are flaming out now and people are like, wait a minute. I didn't know they sucked. Like, oh, wait a minute. They're, they're 0-5 at home this year and they just lost to the Jets? And the whole everybody's, you know, the the Brady Belichick thing has not been put to bed. Nope. Like Tom Curran, I know, has been fueling it. Like Brady got to 20 wins faster than Bill can get to 10 wins or whatever it is since the divorce. And it, it could get uglier. It could definitely get uglier. Kind of like Houston week. I don't see it happening, but we're just throwing out there that it could. It could. I'm telling you, it could. So, I'd yeah. rather take Zach Wilson and Corey Davis and Carter and Robert Sala than David Cully, Davis Mills, and Brandon Cooks. It's very fair. It's very fair there. So you, you, you don't have a random question for me? We're sp- I, you had good questions this week, but you don't have a random question. Oh, I don't have a random question for you, no. What's your go-to pregame meal in light of uh, Mac Jones saying he has had spaghetti since, I guess, high school? Probably a pasta. I'm a big pasta guy. Now, do you do that with, like, golf? So you're a golfer. You have golf tournaments. Is there, like... The night before, if you have a big tournament the next morning, or rank the night before, actually. Okay, so you're not really a serious golfer. I thought you were a serious golfer. I can be serious and not and like so. If like I don't take it, if I suck, I suck. Like I don't have like, if I have a bad round, it doesn't like ruin my week. That's kind of in my like. I've actually got better that way. I take it less serious. Okay, that's good. This is and... actually my best like year of my golf career. 
Really? Yeah. I'm wow. A, I'm a six handicap. Now I used to be like a nine or a 10. Look at you, a six handicap. Yeah, I, it's my expectation. I just kind of, whatever. So you're a six handicap. And if I only use six balls in a round, I'm happy. <laughs> good. Um, in terms of food, I, because I have like digestive issues and IBS, I always just settled in on like, I would eat like a turkey sub or like try to find the most like safest, like make sure I wasn't going to the bathroom right before whatever game or event was coming. So yeah, I'm not exactly exciting. No, like Tufts pregame meals. No. Cause I was always, especially division three. If you're playing a road game, you got like a three hour bus ride to Maine or something. And it's like, you're yeah, not supposed to use the crapper on the bus. And like, <laughs> you're thinking ahead. I'm like, you know, most college kids are probably whatever's in front of them. McDonald's. Right. Yeah. I would love to be that kid who could just eat whatever, get on a bus. Like that's how Paul used to be. Paul Perillo. We would travel for PFW and I'd be like, like eat, like I said, eating a plain Turkey sub or a plain bagel at the airport. He's like, you want to go get beer and wings? And he'd have like Buffalo wings and six Miller lights while we're waiting for our flight. And I was like, I killed him. I got to sit, I got to sit on a three hour plane ride. I can't move. Right. Like I, I, I can't, I still remember. I still remember to this day, 2001, one of my first flights with the Patriots. Oh boy. Working as a graduate assistant. Um, I ate like, and when you travel with the Patriots, you get endless food. It's nonstop. Oh, catered. Yeah. 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 Like you walk on the plane, there's burgers waiting for you or sandwiches. And then like you barely sit down and they're like taking your order. And it's like real food, like metal utensils, you're cutting steaks and stuff like legit. And I ate everything and we were like halfway through the flight and i started to feel like Uh gurgle 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 and josh mcdaniels was my seatmate because he was like a coaching assistant back then i was literally sitting and he's like doing work and i'm like oh no i'm gonna shit myself next to this guy (laughs) and i i don't think i think i was able to hold it till i got off the plane but it'd be a bad feeling after that i would like take pre like preemptive emodiums and like like i'll just have some bread and some water please although not all the players do that the other story i always tell is ted washington going in the bathroom for a long time and coming out and going whoo do not go in there to the whole plane (laughs) somehow i can see that and that's a big man to be blowing up a uh a toilet on a plane (laughs) so right okay good pregame meal talk well uh we'll be back Monday morning. I like our Monday morning routine. Okay. It's a one o'clock game. We do have time Sunday night if you want to bang it out. But, you know, Monday morning's fine if that's what you want to do. Home game. We got to drive home and we got to watch Jimmy on Sunday night football. Okay. Yeah. I'll be watching Jimmy on Sunday night football. Perfect. We'll do it Monday morning. All right. All right. Yeah. Have a good week, everybody. And uh, hopefully the Patriots win or else things are going to get out. Give us a lot to talk about, though. But, okay. Yeah. Go, Pats. <laughs> Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.